from the 2020 Consumer Electronics Show in Sin City. This is the world's most popular podcast with Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth. Featuring musical guest David Lee Rock. Live from CES 2020 is sponsored by the Auto Parts Manufacturers Association of Canada and Audis. Coming up. I want to make it very clear that we are at CES 2020. But I found something here that could have been on display at CES 1877 when Thomas Edison invented the photograph. It's a machine that you can use to cut your own vinyl. So I think the strangest thing we've found so far at CES 2020 is a digital 21st century diaper. I have two gorgeous English Bull Terriers, schmooze and sport. What if there was something that would let out the dog for me without me having to worry about getting out of bed. We came across a Japanese company that has a real serious twist on the autonomous drone idea. Vegas Convention Center. Here's Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth. Vegas, baby, Vegas. <laughs> yeah, we're here. I have uh, put on five, 9,524 steps in the last two hours just walking around CES. You warned us, and we warned everyone else that we would be running through a lot of shoe leather here. Yeah, well, I bought brand new uh, New Balance shoes just to make sure that I could uh, make it through the entire event. Wow. No, no, see, that's a mistake. You don't buy new shoes for an event oh, no, like no. this. I got my orthotics. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, all right, excellent. And they're well worn. All right, so you've had a chance to look around. Yeah. You've seen some interesting things yeah. so you finally gotten the full CES experience not quite I think I've got about two-thirds of it I was walking around for three solid hours today and I saw a lot of it but then every time I turned a corner there was more I ran across the cheap Chinese junk section oh yeah and it is a like behind us there's some really interesting yeah. stuff but then when you go that next level back it all goes back to vaporizer pens and iPad cases uh, and yeah iPad cases uh, iPhone cases, uh, little weird little things that you buy in convenience stores that you don't need, and they just go on for miles and yeah, miles. Exactly. Now, we were here at CES 2020 for the big media events, so we had an opportunity to get an advanced look at a lot of the stuff that's back there, but it wasn't the only thing that we managed to dig into. Uh, as a matter of fact, maybe, Sean, j just show us. Some, one of the team really got into the free food and booze. Well, clearly you got your steps in because you needed to work it all off. <laughs> Listen, the one thing about coming to CES is you don't go hungry because everywhere you go, they're handing out free food and free drinks. Even here at the big show, uh, there is a. I found a beer garden and I found a cocktail area. Excellent. And now we also, in addition to having a series of interviews and reports uh, over the course of the next hour or so, uh, we want to take you out live onto the floor of the Consumer Electronics Show. We have a roving reporter. 
Beats and Beats family, we are live from the 2020 CES show. I'm sitting in the Samsung booth and I want to show you something really cool because all of us, we know when we're taking pictures or videos, you know, you could do it one way, landscape or portrait. And a lot of people are doing vertical videos. And what do you do when you try to show that on your television? Well, I want to show you something really cool. This is called the Ciro. This is the future of television. Now, depending on how you create your content, whether it's in landscape or in portrait, as soon as you move your Samsung phone, your TV is going to adjust to get whatever kind of content that you are. So if you're into Instagram, if you're into Twitter, making videos, and sometimes you like to make them in vertical videos, that's okay, because you can switch it up just by using your smartphone. It's called Ciro, which means a Korean word for vertical. So you gotta check this out. This, my friends, is the future of television. This is the way we consume content. Personally, I don't like vertical videos, but everyone does them. And now, you finally have a TV that can do both landscape and portrait. Back to you guys. <laughs> that would drive my wife crazy with the TV going, you, 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 you. But maybe it would force you to finally shoot everything. All video should be in landscape mode. Completely disagree. Oh, Here's the reality of it. No. For short form video, you are nine times more likely to watch a short -term, term video to completion if it is in portrait mode, not landscape mode. Now, if a long, a long video like this, you wouldn't want to do that. I made that mistake a couple of years back on our back deck right. when we did it the wrong way. But if it's short form content, if you don't have to turn your phone or uh, adjust your wrist, it actually wow. makes a big deal. Wow, wow. doesn't believe me. No. We've also got a bunch of stuff to give away as a way of saying thank you to our supporters at the GoFundMe campaign. At geeksandbeats.com, you can click on that and uh, actually support the show. We've had a few people buy us a couple of beers, yep. uh, as well as the flights, the hotels, and all of that kind of stuff. So uh, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we put everybody's name who contributed into a, a digital raffle bin. So if you uh, donated $1, that's one raffle ticket. If you donated 100 bucks, that's 100 raffle tickets, plus if it was 100 our patron in residence, Victor Biggio, sent you a miracle travel mug of traveling, which keeps hot beverages hot and cold beverages cold using the power of... Science. Science. And so that would be 100 tickets. So what we're going to do is we're going to get our ace director and producer, Sean Jate, to click... 20 times on this website we found that randomizes based upon a, a, a collection of names. Okay. okay, so since it's CES 2020, I want you to, Sean, click 20 times and then we'll give something away. So it turns out we've got our big winner this time around winning a fabulous pair of Helm Audio Bluetooth headphones. Those little tiny numbers. All right, so this is the... So this is Joe Vanden Dickenberg. He's the winner. He's the winner. All right, way to go, Joe. Congratulations. And the husband, the ever-loving husband of uh, another listener on the big show as well. Fantastic. Yes. Okay, so look at, look at this. I mean, these are really good. Yeah. Excellent. So thank you very much for supporting the big show. Uh, we'll be continuing to give away things throughout the course of the live stream as well. Uh, but now I want to show off something that we saw at one of the preview nights that has everything to do with the fact that the kids today 
don't own a car, they don't drive home at the end of the work day to the suburbs, to their two-story house, no. um, because quite frankly, we've destroyed the real estate market. Right, so what they do is chase people off the sidewalks with their stupid electric scooters. And we found a new scooter. Oh yeah. So what am I looking at here? Hi, so this is an e-scooter. There are several different aspects to it. One is that how compact it gets. You can fold the handles and pull the bar down. You can put it on the back of the car. So the compact is one big thing. Uh, the connectivity, so we are co-creating the battery with uh, Panasonic, which we're, so we're trying to bring all the information into your phone from activation uh, to sharing keys with friends and family, also seeing the accurate distance that you have within the battery. Right, because the last thing you want is that battery to go dead and you go flying over the handlebars. In the middle of nowhere. Right. <laughs> that's the worst thing. Or the middle of traffic, even worse. Oh, that's the worst. It's very, very similar to a bicycle when you hold the handle. So you can really see that it can make sharp turns. Uh, you don't want to make it with your maximum speed, but when you want to turn around, it's very How easy. fast can it go? Uh, so the maximum, so we have three, uh, three modes to it. If you bring it to the high mode, it, the max is 25 kilometers per hour, so that's about 15 miles per hour. If you bring it to the echo mode, it's a bit faster than walking, about se six to seven kilometers, four, four miles per hour. So you can even um, walk your dog, that's what we were talking about um, today. Um, and the last one is how comfort it is. We, uh, we put two feet parallel um, instead of having a narrow board so that if you put on a large battery, we can go uh, as far as 60 kilometers, which is about a bit south of 40 miles. So we wanted the comfort ride. Why not just go one extra step on that comfort ride and add a seat? That's a very good question. So we wanted to make, so we actually first launched an e, uh, electronic bike, bicycle. That's where we started two years ago. We wanted to make this more as uh, a thing to really fill in the last mile, as we have on our name. So we have not really thought of putting a seat, but if you see in the back, that we can pull carts, which makes it uh, good for uh, both professional settings when you're carrying things, and also personal settings when you're going for, out for barbecue. So, so who is this for? This is for, we, our main target is people in the 20s and 30s. Uh, but also we do want to want this to be in a family setting as well. So when we launch on Kickstarter next month, there will, will be a bundle pack uh, for a pack of four together so that it can be a family ride um, going out um, in the mountains in the summer, for example. And that doesn't sound ride. cheap though. Oh uh, yes, it's not going to be a cheap one. The suggested retail price uh, that we have at this point is $1,300. Kickstarter funding, we're doing an early bird. 30% off, so we're bringing it down uh, a bit below $1,000, so it's 910 So that's sort of in line with the existing mobility scooters and things of that nature already. Right, right. Uh, but then you do it in a four pack, and next thing you know, it's four grand. <laughs> right, that's, that's gonna be a big one. But one thing that we can say is, the wheels are a, a very different um, from the, the scooters that you see maybe on the, on the rentals, or um, even for Segway. Uh, the wheels are a lot larger, um, and the front wheel is even 12 inch. The back is 10. The front is so we did a lot of testing and we found that this size was the most stable um, and the well-balanced uh, for all ages. Are you worried about those scooter companies that are just littering city streets with their products and upsetting people that this is going to be one more thing for people to direct their ire at? You know, you know that's a very good question. Um, you know, I don't see you getting on this. No, I'm a car guy and uh, I really worry about 
falling over and hitting my head. You've hit that, that that point in your life now where you're more concerned about safety than you are about a fun ride. Yeah, I grew up with mini bikes and motorcycles. Ah. I've kind of got that out of my system. Although I understand why these things would be really, uh, really popular in, in, in really densely packed cities right. where you don't have to worry about chasing grandma off the sidewalk. But right now, the there's a, a an electric scooter company that's coming to Toronto, and I've been to Nashville and other places. And they just yeah, litter, the, the bird. The, yeah, they just yeah. litter the sidewalks. Right. But this you would buy. This would be yours. Right, and it's like a thousand to fourteen hundred dollars, yeah. depending on on what you're getting. And it's not the kind of thing you just leave littered around. And as he had mentioned, he didn't want to go with that fleet method of just selling a billion of them to one company and then having them litter the streets with it either. Right. You know, if you're living in a city with what, good bike lanes or good bike paths. Yeah. Oh, wait a second. Well, as we discussed, that is a bit of an issue, isn't it? Yeah. Some municipalities will allow it. Well, that, well. that's that's what killed the Segway. Right. Because is it a motorized vehicle? Is it a bicycle? Is it a uh, pedestrian assist thing? Is it like a wheelchair? And that's that's why the Segway never really took off. But again, it comes back to the bigger issue that uh, we have congestion issues. Mm-hmm. It's expensive to own a vehicle most of the time. It's, I, I think the, the figure is something in the neighborhood of like 90% of the time. It's sitting idle. It's yeah. not actually being used. So that's what really gave us the ride share phenomenon in the first place. But even outside of that, if you've got, by and large, millennials and late, early stage Gen Xers who are interested in getting to work because they live downtown already, this is that last mile solution that they talk about. It's a good one. I can see places like Copenhagen. I can see places like London, uh, maybe Paris. Again, the tightly packed cities. Or even in the Far East, we have cities like um, like Bangkok or uh, Singapore, where it's really, really tight, really, really congested, something like this, if they can work out the traffic laws to actually make it worthwhile. Now, you want to give something else away? Sure, let's do that. All right, so here, let's throw it back to our ACE director and producer, Sean Jate. Uh, let's click that button 20 times and see who wins something. Congratulations, Jason Simmons. Let's go, Jason. Yeah, so those Solos augmented reality sunglasses. You're not a cyclist, though. We talked about this. No, but I did look at some augmented reality glasses, and I would use it when I go jogging or walking the dog. I think this is a really cool thing. I'm waiting for Bose has a set that I want to try out. Meantime, you're hoping that you don't even have to walk the dog in the future, and CES 2020 is making it possible for at least you to get a good night's sleep. Right. I have a couple of dogs who insist on getting me up in the middle of the night to go outside. We have on our back patio door something called Poochie Bells. The dogs go and... They, it sounds like something out of The Simpsons. I know. And they, what they do is they end up ringing the bell with their nose, and that means i got to get up out of bed, go downstairs, let them out, wait for them, and then give them a stick and, you know, a treat, and then go back to bed. And this can be, like last night, for example, my wife tells me that there was something in the backyard, and Schmooze kept wanting to go out. And she had to get up again and again and again for an hour and a half, which made it really, really grumpy. What if there was something... The power of science could maybe come to our rescue here and create something that would let your dog out and let your dog in so that we, fur baby parents, could sleep a little nicer or a little bit better at night. I have a couple of English Bull Terriers, Schmooze and Squirt, lovely dogs, but they have this horrible, horrible habit of trying to, of wanting me to get out of bed in the middle of the night to let them out. Or I'm at the work in my home office in the basement, and they've got a little bit set of bells 
on the door handle that they're ringing all the time. So I gotta stop what I'm doing and let the dogs out. This seems to be the answer to my prayers. It is a, it's, it's a, what is it? It's automatic app controlled pet door, smart pet door for any sliding glass door. You can install it in seconds. It doesn't damage the door. You can install it with two-sided tape. No screws are required. Once it's installed, it has multiple ways you can use it. So Alan, I think it is the answer to your question. You can set up a schedule so that in the morning, your dog can come out and when he walks in front of it in the sensor, the sensor can detect him or your smart camera that's integrated can detect the dog and automatically open and let them out while you sleep. Uh, same thing on the way back in. When the dog comes back in, if you're home, you can use an integrated camera or a pet tag on the dog that's going to be coming in Q2, automatically open the door, let the dog back in. If you're away at the office, you probably don't want to be opening your door and closing it if it's a security issue for you. So there you can use a security camera to send you a notification through Wazen and you'll see that, oh, your dog wants to go out, you'll view the surrounding area with your camera, you can manually open and close the app, uh, the door with your app. Okay, that's a good thing to know because I, my wife and I are sometimes out of the house the entire day and we have to pay a dog walker to come and let the dogs out twice a day and that's like 60 bucks a day. So based on that cost, how, this is how much? $3.99. So for $3.99, it pays for itself in seven days for me, really. Talk about the security aspect of it. I see this, it looks like just like a, a standard sort of security bar for a glass door. How strong is that? So that acts like a metal, it's the same as putting a metal rod in your, your slider. It's gonna be tougher than, than actually your most security locks here. Once that's engaged and the door's closed, it's almost impossible to push that open. Your door will probably break before the, the bar will. There's probably other easier ways to get into your house, frankly. Um, from a security standpoint, on the technology side, that device comes with keys. And when you set it up and turn it on, it shares the keys through Bluetooth to your phone, not over the internet, directly to your phone. So as the owner, you have the keys to your house, because it's literally keys to your house. From there, you could share a key with your spouse or somebody else who needs to have a key to have the same capability you do with the Wazen app, uh, but you really refrain from sending those keys over the internet, and that's another level of security uh, that we've added in the product. All right, so the dogs need to go out in the middle of the night. They just stand in front of the sensor, Doors open, they go out, do their business, come back in, door closes and locks. That's right. And if I'm not in the house, same thing, as long as they pay attention to where the sensor is. That's right. That's okay. Right. And you were talking about tiles, uh, little tags, so like like tiles for dogs, right? It's a little pet tag. Uh, if you have multiple pets, but you don't want, you only want one pet to use the door, you can just put it on that one dog. It'll identify that dog and let them in and out. So that'll be an add-on box that'll probably sit to the side a small little box and it'll have an antenna that goes under your doormat and be just to be another alternative a lot of people have asked for that so we're going to go ahead and deliver that probably. yeah if you have a cat for example you yeah, don't want the cat right you can set the sensor so it looks higher above your cat and only sees your big dog but if you have a small dog like i do and a cat which i don't but if i did i'd want to have a tag just for my dog so. okay this might be the answer to my prayers and a good night's sleep when does the ship We'll be shipping in the next month. Probably uh, we have already have two two thousand orders plus. Um, we're going to be shipping to those first customers first. Uh, orders that are placed now uh, it's kind of a pre-order, so you can reserve it for fifty dollars, and it's going to be about three to four months before those next shipments go out. And the cost? Three ninety nine. I, I think I think I think I'm sold.
So have you pre-ordered one yet? I haven't pre-ordered one, but I wanted to clear it with the wife first. She's very excited about it because, again, last night we had a problem with the bunny in the backyard. I'd be worried about somebody hacking the thing and being able to open your door on well, you. That's that's you know that's a whole Internet of Things problem, isn't it? So it's just another thing that. Listen, you're not going to come into my house with two English Bull Terriers anyway. Yeah. We got a lot of Internet of Things at CES 2020. It's one of the big themes. It's sort of an evolution of that technology. I'm not going to say it's grown up yet because we do have a lot of security implications for this kind of technology right now. A little later on, we're going to be showing some IoT baby diapers. Yeah, those. <laughs> I, I know. Oh, the privacy problems that yeah. come with that. And we've speaking of privacy, we've got uh, something we'll share a little bit later on from uh, the uh, bedroom side of the equation. We'll get into that in a bit. But first, we want to say thank you very much to our sponsors. In addition to our fans and our listeners uh, helping us out with the GoFundMe campaign, uh, our lead sponsor on Geeks and Beats Live from CES 2020 is the Auto Parts Manufacturers Association of Canada, and they have an interesting announcement. This is the latest vehicle that we have for the Autonomous Vehicle Innovation Network's uh, Demonstration Zone fleet. It is a Karma Rivero 2020 GT. Uh, when they came out of their new launch from startup phase, this is their new flagship vehicle, and this is one of the first production models off the line. You want to go classy if you're going to show <laughs> off the tech. Well, yeah, it's, it's that's part of the thing. It's a futuristic vehicle, but it's also being used as a technology platform, and our initiative is actually to showcase Canadian automotive uh, technology startups. I drove one of these things in one of its earlier incarnations. This is a great vehicle, and it was loaded with tech to begin with. So, so now, it seems to be the perfect vehicle for you to demonstrate your stuff with, right? Oh, absolutely. So part of our engagement is to not only work with startups, but be able to work with those OEMs that are looking to build out these futuristic platforms uh, for these vehicles of the future. Okay. Now, I'm really glad a company like you has come along because automotive manufacturers have been trying initially to build their own tech. Mm -hmm. And the problem is that it takes seven or eight years for a vehicle to go from drawing board to production to sales, uh, sales room. Uh, the tech is iterating much, much faster. So even though somebody like you know uh, Fiat Chrysler or, or GM or Ford or whatever comes up with something really cool, six months later, it's already outdated. So why not just, I, I know it was a point of differentiation between manufacturers, you know, the tech that they had in their cars. But they're not tech companies, they're car companies. So I'm glad to see that more and more companies like yours are going to the tech people and saying, listen, we got a basic set of technology rules here and platforms and backends, use our stuff. And you've got some award-winning stuff on this vehicle. Uh, correct. So part of this project now with Karma is to help them develop their autonomous vehicle uh, system going forward. And so one of the companies that we have is a Canadian startup called LetterTech. They are one of the global leading LiDAR companies. Uh, they actually won an award for their letter pixel unit and it was given to them just yesterday at the award ceremony. So let's explain for those who aren't geeks yeah. like Alan what LiDAR. Um, so LiDAR is one of those systems that allows cars to be able to communicate with one another and detect other things on the road. So you have different things like radar, you have infrared, and LiDAR is just one of those other systems, including cameras, that the that are used as a tech platform for vehicles to see what's going on around. Oh, I thought LiDAR was just laser radar. There's more to it than that. No, it is. It is the, that laser component. So it is part of the technology. But as we've seen with um, Tesla just wanting to use cameras, we feel that it's going to be a suite of different technologies that are going to be used. And so 
keeping this Canadian, keeping this working with the globally leading companies, LetterTech is the company that we're working with on this side. Right, because maybe Elon Musk doesn't have to worry about <laughs> snow, but us in Canada, you know, cameras aren't going to cut it. I got a feeling you want to get behind the wheel. I really do, because I think I, uh, Karma's very cool cars. Yes. Very cool. All right, let's get in. Let's get in. Cool. So what are we looking at in here? Well, uh, these are two other companies that we are working with. So in addition to building out their autonomous um, vehicle platform, we also thought we could showcase some uh, other types of companies. So one of them is Inago, and they have a system that essentially is trying to build the, if you remember, Knight Rider kit. So that's uh, that's the technology that they're developing. You're kidding me! So yeah. wait, wait a second, so you're going to be able to talk in, in natural language to your car? Exactly, and it's going to be able to respond back to you. So if you're asking, how do I set dynamic cruise control, or you know, even if even simple questions like I'm driving here, can you show me where I can go to order a pizza? And the car will literally talk back to you in uh, in, in natural language form. Oh, okay. I I, I got to get me one of these. Yeah. I definitely because I do have points of interest and everything else on my infotainment system in my car, but I have to look away from the road. It's not voice activated in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. And this one is essentially one that's supposed to think too. So it, it might even check the time of day and say, okay, you know what? You need to get gas or you need to charge up your vehicle. So on the way, we know that you like mama's pizza or something along that line, and it's going to be close. So why don't you think about ordering that? It might be very good because your, your family at home is hungry. Can I ask if 5G figures into your world in any way yet. Well, I can imagine it does. Of course it does. Um, that's one of the things where we are working with smart cities like the city of Stratford to figure out how we're going to bring the infrastructure into this. How is infrastructure going to interact with the vehicle? How is the vehicle going to interact with other things to be able to communicate both from stakeholders around the passengers, you know, pedestrians, other motorists, and then again with the infrastructure because it's that connection that's going to allow for safer driving and that's going to allow for better driver experience uh, beyond just driving from one point to another. You know, Alan had mentioned that, you know, it's great that an organization like this exists to bring modern technology into the vehicle today, but the Auto Parts Manufacturers Association has been around for, what, six decades or so. You guys have a long history in this country building vehicles. Uh, for sure. So it's actually been closer to seven decades. So this wow. is our 68th year, and we've essentially grown with Canada's automotive sector. Now, while we don't have OEMs that uh, are headquartered in Canada, all of the parts suppliers, which represents nearly 35 billion or so dollars in, uh, in annual sales, as well as over 100,000 skilled men and women, those Canadian companies are the ones that we represent. And but when you say represent, you're not just a lobby group. No, and that's why we're happy to be talking about this AVEN project right now. So in 2008, 2009, when the world fell apart and we were having to um, work with different governments to bail out OEMs, the suppliers themselves were uh, at a struggling point in that they were so reliant on their OEM partners that they said, you know, we got to start future-proofing ourselves. So they started to figure, okay, how we make things is going to be important, but just as important as how we make stuff, it's what we make. And so now we're going to have to start building and making things that are more technology-focused because that will be our customers and that will be the value add going forward. Are some things like uh, CarPlay and Android Auto 
partners or competitors? Um, at this point, pretty much everybody is a partner and a competitor. They're a partner because nobody is really going alone in all this. All the OEMs are forming some sort of partnerships, whether it's to be developing um, electric vehicle platforms and charging systems or whether it be developing autonomous cars themselves. Nobody's really going it alone because, um, number one, nobody really knows what's going on into the future. So there's no way you can bet on one thing. And number two, it's through these partnerships that you'll be able to future-proof yourself. So if my biggest competitor and I are working all on the same things, she's not going to get ahead of me. We'll, we'll still be going at the same distance. So your whole idea is to go to Toyota and Nissan and Porsche and GM and Land Rover, yeah. uh, Land Rover yeah. Jaguar, all of them, and say, look, we have tech that will improve your ownership experience. Exactly. So um, as we talked about LetterTech and their award-winning Letter Pixel, we also have a company, Asara, and this is the first quantum computing, quantum science-based quantum science-based cybersecurity system installed in any car. So as we're talking about the importance of cybersecurity, and it's on all people's minds right now for many different global reasons, this is one of the things where it's going to impact in that how am I going to be sure with all of this data, this is going to be creating petabytes worth of data, each vehicle, um, how are we going to keep that protected and how are we going to keep all the owners, all the passengers, whether it's their vehicle or not, how are we going to keep that secure? Well, the amount of, of security that you're going to have, to, I mean, we saw uh, some demonstrations of people hacking into Teslas mm -hmm. because you can somehow, I don't know, backdoor your way into the, into the infotainment system mm -hmm. which controls the systems of the cars. So you have quantum encryption? That's right. Um, I'll let our SAR friends talk a little bit more specifically about how their um, algorithms and everything else work, but that's where we're trying to go to. We're, we're not just looking at the today model or tomorrow's model. We're looking at what's going to be necessary in the years to come. So let's find out what's next for the APMA. Oh, well, the, pers the best person we can talk to that about Colin, because 2020 is going to be a big year for us beyond just what we're doing with Avon. 2020 is going to be a year where we do more than just assist the auto sector. Um, how about creating an actual vehicle? You're going to build a whole car. Yeah, the APMA are going to do Project Arrow. And the name's been chosen for a reason, because we were doing things in the 50s which were ahead of their time. Mm -hmm. um, and then suddenly there's been a lapse. But when you've got a global race going on uh, for alternative propulsion, when you've got Canada leading in artificial intelligence and in vehicle technology, um, for us to not build our own vehicle, to be able to showcase Canadian technology. And that's not just connecting and autonomous. We're talking lightweighting, we're talking advanced materials, we're talking all types of advancements in tech. Why not build a vehicle, showcase the platform, it's a Canadian product, and really, really push the envelope when it comes to saying Canada needs to build I love that Aero reference as well because we really kicked the butt of the aviation industry with the Avro Aero. Yeah, you know, and every, when the Aero was canceled, everybody went to work for NASA and put man on the moon. So let's let's take advantage of the technology that we have at home. Yeah, one of our challenges again, you know, the accent will give it away that I'm actually from, you know, um, Spain. That. The fact that we in Canada are so capable, like if you look at the stats when it comes to technology, artificial intelligence, machine learning, um, industry 4.0 readiness, we are doing quite well. Um, yet 
we're so humble. We always seem to be like, we're not capable of it. You know, the McLaughlin in 1914-15 was the last vehicle we built, which is kind of, you know, where GM Oshawa is situated today. You know, we seem to have walked away and, and been happy for a century to supply only. Uh, let's build our own OEMs. Let's build a car. Well, it's interesting because there is a company in Markham that actually builds the high-end Ford GT for Ford. So we have the capability, it's just that we don't have anything that we've launched from within the country. So in addition to you know, the Avro Aero pulling in tremendous Canadian expertise, you're going to not just turn to your OEMs, you're turning to the research part of Canada and the university system. Well, a, a vehicle is 20,000 components that are combined to build a vehicle. The OEMs are building a portion of it. They keep the sheet metal um, and they keep portions of the engine. The rest of it is outsourced. Canada, with the likes of Multimatic, who are building the, the Ford GT, uh, Magna, who are building, you know, multiple kind of vehicles in Austria for, for, you know, whether it be BMW or Jaguar or Mercedes. What we're saying is we've got all the capabilities, we've got all the tools in the chest. We just got to put them together, bring them together. So does that mean at CES 2021, we're going to be standing in front of an all Canadian made vehicle? And it may be done using mixed reality. So we're saying, let's not kind of, you know, pump the brakes, you know, pun intended. Let's look at kind of it starting off and showing this globally virtually. Ah, let's so you're going to put a headset on someone. Absolutely, yeah. Let's, let's, we're going to look at virtual. We're going to look at augmented. Uh, we're going to reach out to the, the amazing universities and colleges throughout Canada. They're all going to be teaming and working with us on this project. And so we're, we're really going to make it more than a, a, a here is our product and we're still very humble. It's going to be a splash. It's going to make a lot of noise. We're already key, we already understand V2X and what I call vehicle 2.0. That's the era we're in. The vehicle is becoming the center of the universe. So people are saying numbers are going to drop off, you know, the vehicles are going to die off, we're all going to be ride-sharing, ride-hailing. I'm saying when a vehicle's communicating to cities, to other vehicles, to the grid, to pedestrians, to everyone, it suddenly changes what it is. And I think Warren kind of coined it earlier. It's a technology platform, and we're going to push that. looking forward to this. I am too. I'm a huge car guy as everybody knows and I love the idea of mixing this kind of tech with my driving experience. We want to say thank you to the listeners who are continuing to watch us uh, as we do this live stream. Uh, Scott Coates uh, from Bangkok saying looking slick gents. He has to go to work but he says hope David Lee Roth is great. How much were my $64 tickets to David Lee Roth? I uh, okay a couple of things happened with with this. How much were my tickets to David Lee Roth when you told me they were $64. No, I said they were starting at $64. You didn't factor in things like taxes and fees. How much am I paying to see Diamond Dave? About 100 bucks. 100 bucks, US. Yeah. That's about 11 billion Canadian dollars. Yeah. Yeah, but we are going to go. We're going to have a very good time. I got yeah. us good seats. All right, excellent. Uh, Kevin Button agreeing with you about uh, landscape versus portrait mode video. Let's see, thank yeah. you, Kevin. I want to say thank you to Metal Five Seventy One. Uh, Scott Coates, by the way, says that we should choose him for giving away some stuff. So maybe that'll happen. I don't know. Uh, Michael Tweedy uh, won twice apparently. Dan Hodgson, thanks for uh, saying that we're looking good. One of us is looking good. Not me. Are you sure? You're the one who's doing all the exercise. No, but look at I look I look bleary and tired. I mean, I'm exhausted already. You look like this regularly. Okay, all right. Uh, Rob Rimmer, uh, thanks uh, for pointing out that uh, he can't wait for this stuff to make it into the real world. We've got some 
really weird stuff that's going to make it into the real world. Yeah, um, this is stuff that we will see maybe towards the end of 2020, but more likely 2021 and beyond. Exactly, yeah. Meantime, you can now get a pair of headphones, and uh, headphones, very popular product oh. uh, here, but our uh, second sponsor, Audis, has brought with them some really interesting headphones. Sankar is here from Audis. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. So, what uh, we, we've got the uh, the Mobius headphones. What, am, what are we looking at here? Yeah, so this is our Mobius headphone. We introduced it um, as a gaming headphone, but it is a jack of all trades. It's, it does a lot of other things beyond gaming as well. Um, it has USB-C, can have up to eight channels. Uh, up to eight channels of audio in my earballs. Correct, yes. And then it has specialization inside to take care of it. And it also has an accelerometer and a gyroscope to head, do head tracking so that you can get fixed positional audio. So when you wear it and turn your head, audio will seem to come from the same position and not turn with your head. Oh, have you ever heard of that? The ability to actually figure out where the audio is coming from based on where your head turns? No, I've never heard of a set of headphones with eight channels of audio. Which, how does that work? Because you've got these these it's sealed headphones clamping onto your head. So how do you? I don't understand do, how. Do you have eight work. drivers or something? No, no, no. We have one. Uh, we have two planar drivers, which are very thin film drivers that we actually make in Los Angeles. We have a factory where we make most of our headphone drivers. What what happens? is when you hear 3D audio, when sub suppose audio comes in from a particular direction, it reaches your first e in ear first and a little bit later here. Mm -hmm. So, and then there's also a level difference. So these are, a, you know, these are well-known techniques for creating, uh, tricking your brain into imagining things are coming from outside your head. So while you've got this aimed for, for gamers in 2D screens, this strikes me as something that'd be really valuable for virtual reality. Correct. So, so also even for uh, watching movies and stuff, because most of Netflix movies, you can now get it in 5.1 on a Windows Surface tablet if you have the app. So uh, you can actually plug it in. There's no driver, nothing required. It just appears to the computer as an eight-channel device, and you can feed in all the audio to the headphones, and it takes care of it. Um, but also the head tracking information, we can take it and we can feed it to any application to trigger uh, processing outside. So that's how we are working with the VR applications. Uh, working with Facebook? Uh, so, so we are uh, one of the few, a uh, couple of things that we are showing at our uh, uh, suite is uh, we actually now are able to transmit audio to Waves NX plugins. So to decode ambisonics audio and also to the Facebook 360 plugins. Uh, it's a facial, facial Facebook's spatial audio workstation. So you can uh, decode up to three, uh, third order ambisonics. One of the things that I've noticed, and I've gone around to about a hundred headphone booths so far this, this year, is that it's all about wireless. Everybody is going to get rid of the headphone jack on whatever device you happen to have. These are wireless as well, yes. Um, do you see that being the trend? Just I know that Bluetooth has seen a brand new upgrade uh, just this week, so that's you can actually beam a device, or beam a Bluetooth signal to multiple devices now, as opposed to just one. Um, so you see the headphone jack disappearing from all devices. Yeah, I, I think if you look at the trend of the mobile phones and stuff, I think there will be not even a lightning connection or a USB. Right, there won't be even a power connector at yeah, some point to our phones. At some point, because not if you necessarily, not necessarily, not if you 
got a not if you've got a charging pad. You just well, that's what we're saying yeah, is, is that you could get rid of the lightning everything. port altogether. Yeah, that, that, you know, it's it's at least some models of headphones will have no ports at all. So um, wireless becomes important. Bluetooth, the biggest problem is still latency. So um, you know, especially for gaming. So there are other wireless technologies like 2.4 gigahertz uh, low latency wireless or even now new upcoming ultra wideband wireless uh, technologies that have less than three millisecond delay. So those things are also getting very interesting for wireless transmission with low latency for gaming. Low latency for gaming, and back back to the VR headset nerd that I am, um, the latency is critical as well because you don't want to break the immersion that comes with seeing something in one direction, hearing it in that direction. It's got to be synchronized. Correct. Yeah. So so uh, latency is super important. I, I mean, in gaming, um, they use proprietary wireless uh, protocols for this already. Um, so that's um, you know Bluetooth. Uh, and also proprietary wireless technologies will become more and more uh, important. And our philosophy is this, we want to be able to provide the user with everything. So that's why if you look at the Mobius, it has USB-C, analog, and Bluetooth. So it's, it's fairly simple to add the other connections once you have Bluetooth as well. So we, we want to provide our users with every option and let them choose whatever they want. Fascinating stuff, thank you so much. And I know that as 2020 continues, we're going to continue to work together. You're sponsoring a series of episodes where we're going to be focused on the oh, high sorry. def audio side. Oh, I was saying. Okay, sorry, I was enjoying the IDs. Yes, very much. Nice. So we'll talk about the evolution of this technology over the course of 2020. Sankar, thank you so much for thank joining you so us. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. So, now we still want to give some stuff away, do we not? We do, yes. Okay, so Sean, how about you just click the magic button and see who wins what? So look at that, we've got another winner. And this time of the August lock. I I, uh, I, I started to open it up when we, we deliver it to you, it's, there's the, the, the little plastic wrap's gonna be open, but as soon as I open it up, I realized, wait a minute, this this isn't gonna work with my house. I have a century home. The, that's right, this is the front door lock. The front door lock. Right, you, right. you can use your smartphone, you can tie it into your uh, facial recognition doorbell, yeah. and as you walk up, if you've got one of those doorbells that recognizes your face, it can trigger to unlock it for you. That's another thing that's big here at CES, is home security and smart door locks. A lot of people are doing this these days because, uh, and there's all these manufacturers I've never heard of before, so everybody is getting into this. You might as well get in with uh, this particular product. And my daughter is now 13, going on 19? Uh, 23. Yeah. Uh, so 13 years ago, I don't know if I would have wanted what we're about to show you. Yeah. Um, but it's coming this year. Mandy, so what are we looking at here? This is really a quantum leap in baby monitoring technology. Um, Wait a minute, a quantum leap in diapers? In baby monitoring, let me explain. Okay. It's gonna blow your mind. We have combined a state-of-the-art video monitor, uh, which is, is right here with all the bells and whistles, tracking room temperature and humidity, and we've added an activity sensor, which is what you're holding right here. This, okay, now, I know babies, and yeah. I know babies when it comes to diapers really only have two activities. What are what, which ones? Well, number one and number two. Interesting. 
they have many more activities. Oh, really? Yes, 80% of American parents are actually tracking their baby's sleep, feeding, and diapering activity every day. All through their diaper? No, they're writing it down or manually tracking it in an app. Ah. ah, so here's where our activity sensor comes in. It's automatically tracking your baby's sleep 24-7. So this is not just in crib, but also naps during the day. And then it's also tracking your baby's diapering. It's important to know their throughput, that they're being nourished well, how many wet diapers they have, and the wetness level. Nourished well? Yes. So this sensor has the ability to tell how well my baby is eating. It tells you the output. So the, in, yeah. the the output. Yeah, which is important. A, a pediatrician will ask you, "Hey, how many wet diapers have they had?" And they'll want to see six to eight to know your baby's feeding. Uh, and that's that's basically how they know they're being nourished. It's it's a it's a proxy. So diaper output and wetness level is a proxy for being nourished. Do I have to have Pampers diapers for this to work? You don't have. You have to have Lumi by Pampers diapers. There's a special. Let me show you this. We modified the diaper in a couple ways. The first is to go this secure attachment zone, and this is to make it completely safe. So this attaches, the baby can't remove it. Right, because that's the last thing you want in the baby's mouth. Exactly, but I mean, apart from the fact it's past even new choking standards, like every level of choking, but however, you still wouldn't want that. So it's, it's securely attached and it's very hard for a baby to remove. This looks really important, this little strip down here too. Right. So you have a wetness indicator here on the back. So inside here is a motion sensor. Think about, I'm oversimplifying, but low motion is sleep, high motion is activity. And then on the back, you have two optical sensors that are reading the wetness indicator here to give you the, the diaper wetness. So I can, pull, I can pull that off, but baby can't, and those are the sensors on the back. Yep. Okay, so at the end of the day, we are quantifying our infants, aren't we? We're figuring out every aspect of their lives. You know, what we hear from parents is, is extremely interesting, right? They're already writing all this down, but they have no way to really make sense of it. I've seen some very, very elaborate spreadsheets, believe me. And what they love is the simplicity of what this charts for them, right? So thinking about, right, imagine you're sitting here right now, your baby's asleep in the next room, and they start fussing, okay? First thing you're gonna say is like, okay, could they be hungry? You're gonna know. Are they wet? Do they need a diaper change? You're gonna know, right? Is it the end of their nap or is it the usual time they wake up? You're gonna know. So you can anticipate already what they need. You may decide, hey, you know what? Nothing is wrong. I'm gonna wait a couple minutes and let them fall back to sleep, which is also important because sleep is absolutely key to development. Gotta teach them to self-soothe. At some point in time, everyone goes through that. Of course, you know, you've gotta to go to your baby. We don't wanna take time away. In fact, a lot of parents tell us how much time this gives back to them. Since they're not writing all that down and spending time scratching their head about it, it's done for them and they can get back to cuddling. One of the big concerns that we've got in IoT technology like this is security. How do we know that some guy can't hack into that camera? It's a great question. This is secured to the highest industry standards. Um, and in fact, it, it, it is sent to, we work the, the camera with Logitech. Um, and so it's sent securely to a cloud. It's encrypted on root and at rest in the cloud. Um, and only you have access to your baby's data. Uh, and they would need, you know, it's your login. It's secured with 2FA. And then in addition, if you want to add additional caregivers, let me go back here. So you add your own caregiver. So I can add, for example, you, you're caring for my baby. You would then go through the 2FA process and then I control from the app what you can see and what you can access and when directly from here. Do I have to have Pampers diapers for this to work? So, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. And really Lumi diapers, the main reason being 
Number one, you want this to attach well. So it'll stick a bit to the diaper, but after a while that integrity would go away. This is keeping it absolutely secure. The second thing is you want to be able to read this wetness indicator, which has been deliberately widened there to help placement and accuracy. So you've explained that already. My question now is, how much more expensive is this diaper compared to every great, other diaper? It's a great question. These are based on swaddlers, which are our number one choice of hospitals. So you get the same comfort and protection from swaddlers, and they're about the same price. There's really no difference in the diaper price here. You pay $59.99 for a monthly subscription of diapers. Um, okay. which is It's a subscription model. You can. It's like, it's like the Amazon of diapers. It's the Amazon. People choose to do it. Most Like most of our parents choose the subscription. You get the sense of replacement for free. It's not like you're not going to use the diapers. You're going to use the diapers and the sensor is free when you subscribe. The sensor is free when you subscribe. at the 60 bucks a month. Kind of thing. What about the camera? So the complete set that you buy is the start. You get the camera, you get one sensor, and you get two weeks of diapers, and mm. that's $349. Although this week for CES, we have a $100 off special promo. Yeah. Um, and then after that, you buy the diapers and if you're subscribed the sensor replacements are free. So if this is an absolute hit at CES, what are the chances that maybe um, you do an adult version? Ooh, I don't know. We're pampers. I don't do I don't do adults right now. Don't ask me those questions. I don't think she was really happy with that question about the adult diapers. But you know what? Hey, listen, we're in an aging society. We have a lot of people in nursing homes uh, who have issues. Right? Maybe she wasn't thinking I was going with the aged as the subject. Uh, this is true. Uh, maybe it's, yeah. maybe that's the problem. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, James Holmes writes in uh, on uh, our YouTube uh, stream. Seems like something with a monthly fee. Yeah, sixty bucks a month to keep track of your to poop. keep track of your baby's poop. Wow. Right. But the thing is, is that as someone who's had a kid who's gone through a lot of diapers, you'll go through almost that much in a month in diapers alone and because it's a subscription service you no longer have to worry about running out of them that's true and then you just cancel when you're done yeah exactly <laughs> you uh, know what it also has the advantage of speeding up potty training yes exactly emma borsellino says looks like uh, you guys are having some great stuff those headphones are wild uh, james holmes adds surround sound in a headphone set well not just surround sound eight point surround sound i i, I would have to really hear how that works because i was listening on my my phone and all I got was the basic two channels. But to hear, eight, and, and to have the, the spatial uh, adjustment, so when you turn your head, everything kind of rolls around the proper yeah. place, I, I, I gotta hear those, I gotta hear that. Yeah, Mike Tweedy uh, says, you need those for the Oculus. Mike, I upgraded from the Oculus Quest VR headset to the Valve Index VR headset, which doesn't have headphones. Wait for it, you'll appreciate this. Yeah. It's got actual speakers that sit all over outside your ears, not on your ears, but out, outside. And I believe that the big advance in virtual reality over the course of 2020 is not going to be visual fidelity, but audio fidelity, because it's off your ear. When I'm playing the, the racing uh, simulator I was telling you about, yeah. you genuinely have a sense that there's a car coming up over your right shoulder, and you feel that it's over your right shoulder, and sure enough, you turn, and there it is. Yeah, I was looking at some of the virtual reality simulators that they have here. There was one, there's a couple that move on, um, 
on pistons or on hydraulics, but then there's one. Yeah, this this poor fat kid. I'm sorry, this poor kid. Uh, it, it's mounted on a gimbal, and he was wearing a virtual reality uh, headset. Yep. And this gimbal goes through 365, 360 degrees in all three axes. It was, and when he finished, he was done. They had a garbage can there, and he was ready for him to hurl. Oh, I can only imagine. Marty Steele says, great show, guys. Woot, woot. Kevin Button uh, points out that parents will pay for whatever they think is cool. I guess we're back to talking about diapers. Okay, now, if you had another kid, you would have this. I know you. Yeah, well, you so would? Come on. Maybe because my wife... Um, put a tremendous amount of effort into keeping track of the health of our daughter when she was in those early stages, when we had nannies uh, with early childhood education backgrounds, proper ECE training, they would provide us with page summaries every single day of what the kid did, where they went, how many times they went number one, how many times they went number two, because you need to keep track of that. So this is the way to do it. You know, I have a dog walker that does the same thing for my dogs. I get a little note saying what happened. Maybe that's a new area for Pampers, getting into doggy diapers. Well, funny that you should mention that. I ran into something that I'll uh, show on another platform where you actually, it's a health tracker for your dog, and it does that kind of thing. Doggy Fitbit. Uh, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, Kevin Button's with me on the adult diaper question being a good one. I think it's a, I think it's an excellent question. We are living in an aging society. Anybody working in a nursing home? Huh? Huh? All right. Shall we go back out onto the floor and see what Andy's up to? Yeah, he finds some weird stuff. Go. All right. Let's go. Andy. Geeks and Beats Nation, we are live here at CES 2020. I'm Andy Barrar, I'm on the show floor, and I just found something really, really cool. This is really like the future of shopping. Check this out. This is the Eli AI. It's your personal mobility thingamajig. I don't even know what to call it, but this thing has so much technology. Now, to prove my point, before I take a test drive, guys, I want to show you all the different technology that's in here because what I love about this device, and let's just come over here, is that you can basically take your shopping list, put it into here, and it will take you to the right aisles to get the goods that you're looking for in that particular store. So you basically write your shopping list, there's a tablet on the front, and this thing is going to take it. And there's different ways to use it as well. You could stand on it, you could sit on it, or you could use it as a cart. So you got a variety of different ways. It also has car navigation technology, so it knows exactly where it is, and it can recognize, it's image recognized technology. Yeah, back to the whole issue we were discussing earlier about aged and mobility. Well, I, uh, shopping, I think we're going to see an awful lot of change in grocery stores over the next couple of years. Uh, we've already seen self-checkouts, which is a big deal. There is a pilot program at a Sobeys, I think, in Oakville, where you simply put everything in a shopping cart, it tallies everything up for you as you're shopping, and then you just bag everything and leave. So uh, there is lots of room for disruption in this. Pretty soon they're going to have you unloading the truck in the back while you're at it. <laughs> yeah, I know. But if you're a cashier at a grocery store, uh, you know, good luck. You might want to retrain. Yeah. All right. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we want to give away something else. Sure. All right. So, Sean, click the magic button. Here we go. Let's see who's going to win the next big thing, courtesy of, I wonder who's, what, who it is and what they're going to win. 
Craig's Lego Milch. Ah, good, great. Yeah. Say, say, we finally, after all this time of, of butchering your name, we have finally got it right, and we've rewarded you with a prize. And it would be the Ring uh, stick-up cam. Do you have any of those exterior cameras? As Speaking a, of IoT. As a matter of fact, I do have a Ring stick-up camera that works very, very well. Awesome. So if you're having any technical difficulties, talk to Alan. He'll be able to hook you all up. Yep. I've uh, troubleshot the whole thing. I got it all figured out. Excellent. Okay. So thank you, Craig, for supporting the show on the GoFundMe campaign. Uh, your raffle tickets help uh, win you that big thing. Now, we talked about this at the very start of the program. You've got something that really rewinds the clock, not five years, 10 years, more like 100 years. More like 150 years, as a matter of fact. When Thomas Edison invented the phonograph in 1877, he used exactly exactly the same principles as this brand new machine that we're seeing at CES 2020. Take a look. So what we have here is technology that dates all the way back to like the 1920s really. This is the way they used to? Yes. It's uh, uh, originally how Edison did it. Right. So you have a cutter head that is cutting grooves in real time as we can see by it playing cutting grooves into a slab of vinyl, and then you have a tone arm that's actually playing back what has just been cut into the groove, correct? That's correct. Okay, so um, we had a cutter head. I guess this thing here is, that's kind of like the vacuum that's sucking up all your... Exactly, yeah, yeah. That's that little drone you hear in the background. That's the vacuum is attached to this uh, plastic hose is sucking out the uh, audio that's just been cut. So who is this for? Is this for hobbyists? Is this for recording artists? Is this for professional use? Right, uh, professional musicians, recording artists, uh, and uh, recording studios. It's interesting because this is kind of like what you know the Beatles and Elvis and the Rolling Stones used to do, is they used to cut their acetates in the studio. This is 62, 63, 64, 65. And then they would take that acetate that they had cut and they would listen to it at home or demonstrate it to other people. So we're really kind of going back to the future here with something that uh, George Martin would have done with the Beatles in 1964. Yes, the hard way. The the issue here, now you're ripping a, C, ripping a CD. Yeah. That's funny. So you're ripping a CD to vinyl here, um, and you have to do it in real time, of course, because that's the only way to do it. Does this also work with seven inch singles? Yes, uh, it does. It has both speeds, 33 and 45. So I'm a recording artist. I'm in the studio. I want to see what my music sounds like on vinyl right away, rather than sending it out to the pressing plants and coming home waiting could be months for a test pressing to see how it sounds. This way, you can do it instantaneously. Correct. Or you could do your own little short run, uh, like. Say you recorded a track, you posted it on uh, uh, SoundCloud and iTunes that night and you have a show, you can also bring 10 vinyl you just cut of that same song and uh, have a, a, you know, do everything in one night uh, release party. Okay, I tell you what, I'm a DJ who normally mixes on a laptop, but I want to make it look like I actually know how to DJ. So I transfer my mix from my laptop, and people think that I'm actually scratching and mixing. There you go. Okay. Yes. How much does something like this cost? Uh, $4,000. $4,000. $4,000. Which, you know, if you prorate it to the way they, they were doing things before multi-track tape in the 1930s and 40s, 
that's actually cheaper than the technology back in the day. Yeah, if, you're, if you've been spending money on vinyl, you know how cheap that is. <laughs> well, thanks a lot. This is really cool. I don't need one for my basement, but I kind of want one just so I can rip my pristine digital to vinyl. Oh, how much are the blanks? Uh, they start from 50 cents, and they, uh, the, the most expensive one is $3. What's $3? Like a 180-gram version? Yeah, 180-gram, like a clear 12-inch. Uh, Okay, again, I don't need one, but I want one. It's cool. Um, I have seen similar cutters for stamping out masters or for creating masters for tens of thousands of dollars. So if you, you know, it's a really cool thing. If you want to, like he says, if you want to record a song one day and have 10 or 12 of them to give out or sell at a gig that night, cool idea. Uh, on our uh, live stream feed here at YouTube.com, uh, uh, we're, we're starting to get a little bit of pushback. Um, yeah, because we haven't touched on the sex bot thing. Right. Marty Steele writes, bring on the sex bot segment. There will be sex bots, right? So here's the thing, Marty, uh, as well as Scott Coates, as well as, well, Emma, else. everyone else. Uh, we had planned to bring you a live interview with Laura DiCarlo, who had that big thing last year where they won an award, CES took it back, and then the hue and cry led to them giving them back that rescinded award. Right. So we met up with them last uh, or two nights ago to confirm, you're going to be here for the live stream, right? And they're like, it's going to be tough, but we're going to make sure that we get there. Friends of the show, all that stuff, yeah. Right. So while we were there, you recorded a particular video. Uh, yeah. Um, and this video has had more views on my Instagram page than just about anything else I've ever posted. And once you see it, you will never be able to unsee it. I... Yeah, I, I had so many questions for Laura Haddock, the CEO of Laura DiCarlo, who was so gracious to come on the program to talk to us about that controversy uh, shortly after it had happened this time last year. Uh, but apparently the traffic at Las Vegas is just way too much uh, for them to be able to make it for the live stream, of which we still have more time to go. We do. Uh, look at this thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, somebody said, gee, that must be kind of funny. It would tickle your ear. Yeah, I don't think it's the ear that we're talking no, about here. I don't think so either. It's no. um, anyway. I, I I looked at that and I keep thinking about the alien, the xenomorph from Alien. Uh, right, yeah. Some, something popping out. Uh, okay, uh, let's give something else away. We have a lot of stuff to give away because people send us stuff that we put in a box and keep for occasions such as this. All right, Sean. So who's who's winning here? What do we got? Craig, what? Again? Craig won twice? Well, he has donated a lot. That, that, so you, you, Is this the Wait a the, no. Something's gone wrong here. You, something, something's gone wrong. Hold on, I'm going to come back to you guys. Okay. Let's try that one more time. All right, so here, do it again. All right, so the random picker name. And who's won? Crystal Brown. 
Crystal Brown John. Okay. Crystal's won uh, Broski uh, headphones. Again, a good set of pro- a good product. Excellent. Yeah, headphones very popular here at CES. Uh, unbelievably popular, and uh, there's stuff here that I've never seen before, and it's all getting better year after year after year. Last year we saw an autonomous drone that was like the size of a Buick. It was meant to transport people. Here's my question. At what point does a drone become a helicopter? Precisely. And so with that in mind, we found a company based out of Japan that has done a bit of a spin on the idea of the autonomous drone to get you from point A to point B. Take a look. So why this instead of a traditional drone? Oh, because of our technology, I mean, the, uh, we can give the totally new concept of air mobility, and we'd like to show off our technology, that's why. So this is a prototype yeah. that, as we can see with the videos, it does fly, mm-hmm. but it needs to be three times bigger. Yeah, yeah, it will be three times bigger, but uh, as comfortable as, as it is. I'm still trying to wrap my head around why this is better than something that's already out there. Okay, because uh, we invented the center of gravity control that provides uh, incredible, I mean, the stability for the aircraft. And uh, that with this, uh, with that technology, um, this will give you a very safe and comfortable flight experience. I, I see that the, the cockpit, um, the cabin pivots as the vehicle moves so that you always remain upright. You never like if it was a drone, you would be pitched forward or leaning back. Yeah, that's totally right. This cabin uh, stays uh, level to the ground all the time during uh, taking off and flying and landing. So you aren't actually going to make these. You're going to license this technology to somebody else? Yeah, you're right. We are a research and technology startup, and we will do a license business in the world. So we will license to the manufacturers. And how long do you think before one of these is in the air? Oh, that's a good question. But uh, um, uh, we would say in the limited area, like amusement park, it will be used in three years. Amusement parks? Why amusement parks? Because uh, for the mobility use in the urban area, there is a lot of kind of uh, like issues, like legal issues or like social acceptance issues. So we thought, we think it will be a little far like in 10 years or five years. But in the limited area, under the limited conditions, then it will become a little sooner. So it would be easier to get this into the air on a private property like an amusement park than having to convince a municipality to let it fly over a city. Yeah, that's totally right. We hope so. But I don't have to learn how to fly this. Tell me I don't have to get a pilot's license. Oh, you don't need it. You you, you can be just a passenger and enjoy the flying experience or uh, enjoy the scenery or the communication with other passengers. So it's autonomous? Yes, you're right. How is it autonomous? How is it? How does how does that work? Because oh. I know how Tesla works with an autonomous car, but it only has to do X and Y. It doesn't right. have to do Z axis. Right. So in, in the future, there there will be, will be a, like a flight control center or something like uh, 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 the airplane, and then uh, it the all the uh, flying is uh, programmed. So that will be automatic. Oh, so it's an automatic route. Yes. It's not like take me over here, and it doesn't know how to do that. Right. It only knows where it needs to go. Right. You're right. How much is this? Oh, that we can't say because we will do a license business or the, the customer will decide how much is it. Ah, okay. Well, good luck. Thank you. Thank you very much. 
lot of drone stuff here, and some of these drones are absolutely huge. Yep. There is a display at the other end of the convention center. It's the Hyundai Uber drone, which is a flying car, right. essentially. And then not too far away from that is Bell Helicopters with what looks like a, I think, eight or 12 passenger Hello, twelve passenger. Wait, no, that's a that's a, that's a flying bus, is what it that is. is. It pretty much is. It's absolutely huge, but it looks like uh, an overgrown droid, a drone. So, um, and the, the drones here are, you know, they, they're they're this big, and then they're the right. size of a room. It's 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 either the size of a June yeah. bug or the size of a Buick. No, I, ab absolutely. Uh, Marty Steele suggests we bring on the drone sex bots. I did go look looking for sex bots. There aren't any here on the floor. I mean, if they wouldn't give an award to a sex toy company, do you think for a second that they would actually have sex bots on the floor? No. They do have a lot of robots, but they're personal service robots. They're emotional support robots. Yep. They're, uh, there's one I saw that uh, is, is actually designed for nursing homes for people who are elderly or shut-ins. It's a, a robot that looks after you that way. But try as we might, there have not been any sex bot sightings yet. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not available in some of the suites and some of the hotels. It's just nobody's told us. The other problem is that they used to have the adult video music, uh, the adult video awards. You were so upset that they moved the adult video news AVN awards yes. from. It, it, they did it like 15 years ago. Uh, well, I, I know. But it, I, <laughs> All right, Ron Jeremy. I'm still not over it. <laughs> Clearly not. Uh, as a matter of fact. Um, we, we should probably, we've, we've left Andy Bearer uh, way out there, so maybe we should probably yeah. go back and see see what our roving reporter is up to. Geeks and Beats Nations, we are live from CES 2020. My name is Andy Barrar and I'm on the show floor and I want to show you something that I think is pretty, pretty cool. This is from Rinspeed and it's called the Metro Snap. Now you're probably wondering like, what is this thing? Is like a parcel delivery service? Check this out. This entire thing right here, it's kind of like a skateboard with like this pod that you put on top of it. And it can be a variety of different pods. This one here shows you like a parcel station. Now this is an autonomous self-driving vehicle. It's all electric and it can just drive around neighborhoods and it's gonna revolutionize the way that we transport goods. In this case, you can see it's a parcel station. So imagine you're shopping on Netflix or sorry, Amazon and you need something. Well, you got your Amazon delivery right over here. But what I really like about this, guys, is that it is completely modular. It doesn't have to be just about parcels. In fact, why don't we go to the other side? I want to show you what else you could do with the Metro Snap. You know, convenience stores, you know, the thing about convenience stores is they're always just in one fixed place. Not anymore, folks. Check this out. A convenience store on the go. Everything you need. Got to get some milk, got to get some eggs, got to get your veggies and fruits, not a problem. The Metro Snap will be just driving around and then you can just do it and basically buy, shop right outside your front door. Think about that. Just imagine this is just coming down. This is the future of ice cream trucks. You can have an ice cream truck, you don't even have an ice cream guy. You can just all automate it just like that. Again, this is from Metro Snap. These are pods that go in and out and basically, it just drives around and can do everything from parcels to grocery stores to your convenience stores to your ice cream truck stand. You gotta check this out. I'm from CES, guys. I'm gonna keep looking around, but we'll go back to you guys right now. Thank you. 
I remember when I was a kid, before I would go to school, so I'd be home during the day, there would be a giant, at least to me it was giant, it was probably just a cube van, giant truck would show up and the old man would get out and he'd lift open the side and it'd be nothing but fruits and vegetables and this is the 70s, the housewives would come out and get their fresh fruits and vegetables from a truck on the side of the road. And that was considered to be super high tech because you didn't have to go to the market. The market came to you. So everything old is new again. The other thing that I've noticed is that there's a lot of those autonomous warehouse type vehicles on display here. You know that every one of them is saying, Jeff Bezos over here, your Amazon fulfillment center. Um, and they're looking at a UPS, they're looking at FedEx, they're looking at uh, Purolator, all these other places that have massive logistic issues in places like warehouses. There's a lot of that stuff here. So if you're a warehouse picker, or if you're a UPS delivery guy, you may have to hang up your brown shorts after in, in, in a little while. You meantime, back to the music side of uh, the equation here, you found a really neat gadget. Yeah, this guy uh, behind this is one of the founders uh, of NWA, Arabian Prince. And he came together with this French company to create these modular, well, it's not actually, uh, just here, run the tape, you'll see what I mean. The idea is to have something very portable you can bring everywhere on your backpack and make music everywhere. Okay, okay. so what do we got? Uh, we have one board, okay. okay, connected to my iPad, where I launch an app, and the app is full of sound, and depending on the layout I will use, it will change the sound. Oh, so, so you, you peel that off, okay, go yeah. ahead, you play. Okay, so. okay, I don't... Okay. Okay, I've done my piano that, part. You're done with that, take this one, you can see there, you, it recognizes automatically the, the board, okay, and here I can play the... Okay, cool. Okay. And so you have also strings, which is quite unusual, and you know, on the, on the digital world, but here you have a real feeling with that. So you have both acoustic sounds, like this one. Can you play a chord on that? Okay. Yeah, you can. You can play bass sounds, very deep sounds. Oh, I like see. Okay. Very natural. You can have also this kind of lead sounds. Now, is this being recorded in the app in the iPad? You can recall on the app, it makes loops, it makes okay. everything. You can make a full, uh, full track on that. And when you're done, you can export that. And to Pro Tools to or everything. Act. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you. Um, what is the cost of something like this? So we're launching this uh, with the app and the four pads on the board on Kickstarter in March, and will be around uh, three hundred. Three hundred dollars. Yeah. For this, for that many controllers. Yeah. All right, I'm, I'm, I may have to contribute. Okay, obviously that's not Arabian Prince of NWA, that was his French partner, I just want to make that very clear, but Arabian Prince is part of this startup. All right. Uh, we're, we've been still uh, co uh, compiling reaction to some of the stuff we've already reported on, and our longtime friend of the show, Victor Biggio, uh, points out the hotel we're staying at, The Palms, probably has sex bots. 
I, I haven't I, seen any. I haven't seen any, no. Okay. Maybe they're that good. We don't know they're bots. Be. I mean, we, maybe what we should do is sit at the bar and wait for one of them to come out to us. Well, and then his other suggestion is we wouldn't have to go to the bar and wait if we wanted to drink. Maybe those roving grocery store and delivery vehicles, if it was a mobile liquor store. Uh, this is true. Now... No, I'm not going to go down that road. I'm, I'm just not. We made it this far without me embarrassing myself, so I'm not going to say it anymore. No. Uh, by the way, um, Marty Steele has just tweeted or texted or messaged us via the, uh, the YouTube machine that uh, this show is 10 times better than World War III breaking out on the news channels. <laughs> we aim to please. Yes, we do. As a matter of fact, to please, what do you say we give away one last gadget? Let's do that, and then we can wrap it up. All right. So, who is going to be the big winner? I know what this one is. This is the only thing left. It's got to be the Echo Show. Michael Tweedy? One? Look at that. Well, that's all. He, he donated a lot of money to the GoFundMe. Yes, he did. And it would have been awful if he had donated all that money and not walked away with something. So we, uh, we want to say thank you to that website uh, and Sean for doing the clicky click click to make all of that happen. Um, so uh, we'll be sure to send you off, Mike, uh, the Echo Show. I've got the Echo Show 8 as well. And it's quite a, quite a fascinating smart speaker technology because it's got that screen. And when you ask Alexa for the weather, it's showing it to you as well as reading it. Yeah, I got to get me one of these things. I, I only have the uh, uh, a couple of Alexas and a, and a Google Home, yeah. um, but I want something with a screen now. And if you've got a, a doorbell, I've got uh, a Nest doorbell. It will. You can actually ask it to show you the doorbell. I just leave the screen up when I know I've got somebody coming. See, I work in the basement in my home office, and I often hear the doorbell. And it's sometimes people from the Mormon church down the street, which I do not want to go talk to. So I would like to have one of these things integrated so I can not go to the door. So to everyone who uh, donated to the GoFundMe campaign to make it possible for us to be here, we want to say thank you very much. Uh, for those who won, congratulations. Uh, and uh, there, there's a couple of bucks left over, so we're going to have a little post-show celebratory dinner. Yeah, we worked hard. We really did. Sean worked really hard. Yeah, Sean's the guys, only one who worked hard. You guys worked hard. Where was I? I was in the hotel room most of the time. Yeah. There's Sean. There's Sean right there. <laughs> so thank you, too. Thank you, guys. It's been a lot of fun. This, I think this is the best CES I've ever covered, ever. Good. See? And we did it all on our own with the help of generous people like that. I think you got to go push a button now, don't you? I do, but just wanted to say thanks to all of our listeners for uh, putting all this money in. Great. Yeah. Thank you very much. It, it, making it all happen. So uh, you think maybe we'll do it again next year? I think we will. And I think the technology will get better and better and we'll be able to offer an even higher level of, uh, of coverage. Um, thank you very much. Very humbling. Um, we really appreciate it. We really do. And all of the uh, videos that you saw over the course of the coverage today, they are on geeksandbeats.com. Just click the button at the top of the page uh, if you want to check in on something or share it or tell everybody you know about this because uh, it would be very helpful uh, as we uh, now wrap up the big show. Uh, you guys are going to wrap up the big show. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Nice. All right. Thank you very much and a happy 2020. Catch all new episodes of Geeks and Beats Wednesdays on iTunes. And watch for Geeks and Beats magazine on a newsstand near you. To be part of next week's show, call area code 323-319-NERD. Follow the stories on Twitter or Facebook. And get your dose of Geeks and Beats anytime at geeksandbeats.com. The Geeks and Beats podcast would like to thank the National Science Foundation.